1: Yo, hola! Welcome oh, hey. to another episode. Of I don't know if you're
2: talking to us, Event yeah. Brew.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you guys. Oh, hey, hey, hey we're here. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, if you haven't listened to Event Brew before, um, welcome. And if this is your 15,000th episode, welcome back. I'm we're sure sorry. almost. We're, I'm sure you're sick of us by now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am joined. By the lovely Dustin Wesling of One West Events, Nick Borelli of All Seated, and I'm Will Curran of Endless Events. And yeah, excited to have you both here for a rousing episode. Uh, we are missing Tui today. Um, Boo. Something her, her car.
2: She sent us a picture with jumper cables or booster cables. cables. I'm trying to imagine Tui trying to use jumper I cables. I just cables right I assume now. she was like a like an AMA member. Is it AMA? <laughs> nope. A-A-A. A-A-A, AAA. A A A A A A AAA member that would call somebody to come and deal with this stuff. So that's me. The the, <laughs> the, the the thought of her doing that, it, it brought turns me out great she was, joy.
1: She was using the, the jumper cables to electrocute someone, actually. Right. It's I right. was on a
0: board call with her like right before that. And uh, I was like, man, Tui's like got her camera off. That's unusual. And she's muted most of the time. Like, that's unusual. And then she would just pop on and be like, yep, that sounds good. Okay, and I'm like, what is she doing right now? She, <laughs> now I know she was like jumping her car and jumping the cars, board meeting, which is which
2: is great. Yeah, I somebody should tell her she has an electric car and it doesn't work that way. But we'll, we'll let her we'll, we'll, we'll let her fight through. It. I'm amazed she doesn't have an electric car. All that like I know yogi shit tea drinking and I was over here drinking like
1: whole milk and I have an electric car.
2: Even you have a car? car? Oh, we haven't yeah. had a Will. This is this is the part of the episode where we do a Will flex. So, Will, tell us about your <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your fabulous life. Go ahead, Will.
0: No,
1: no, no, no. What I kind actually, of electric got, car are we got, talking about? I here. got sick of sitting in my apartment for a year. So I was like, I need to get out of here. And I'm probably going to be home a lot more um, now, post-pandemic. So. so you bought an um, electric car? car? car was needed, yeah. Well, I was going to get a car, and I've always wanted an electric car. And what kind of car did I you get, Will? Tell us about the upgrades. Um, i got a tesla i'm the best oh. electric car of course
2: so you had a good year uh last in 2020 <laughs> that's good can we like, <laughs> like <laughs> i'm actually taking notes i have a part of my pad where i take notes of all of your flexes and yeah. it is good to be will Curran. <laughs> it is but, good work to hard be. people and oh. work hands, hard and will oh. work, out, work out on the end Fuck off with that will <laughs>
0: bootstraps everybody that's the answer to that well, well yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, I but think the, ans- like the answer is to be
2: a technology role. company during a pandemic. How about that? <laughs> yeah,
0: I ran towards one. So, I, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I don't Lord. know. Maybe. I, I don't
1: know. I mean, like, I would probably buy a Tesla even if before the pandemic. Too. Yeah.
2: They're great. I knew people that had them before the pandemic. You bought a fucking Tesla. Hmm. <sighs> 2020 well. was a good year. And don't you know better than to tell me these things while we're actually recording? <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sitting here and he's like asking me le- – you asked me legitimately what model I got. I'm not like going to sit here and be like – what am I said, No, I'm not going to tell you. And then you're going to be like, oh, well, I You could have said a Prius.
0: It. Sure. You could have just was lied. A, prius
1: are electric cars is a hybrid. Oh. It's only half good for the
0: environment.
2: What does hybrid even mean? Oh, that's every other podcast. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: literally every other podcast do you think the automotive
2: industry is pissed off that we stole the name of their? yeah what are you
0: guys talking about
2: yeah
1: and then like the whole like office industry is now calling the workspaces hybrid now too i'm so
2: so confused i'm so confused what does this mean i'm so confused Yep. that's what they (laughs) want you you to be confused
1: crossbreeds of different like you know um you know have you seen the sweet tooth trailer it's like the kids half deer or half human yeah they called them a hybrid
0: and i was like oh can i I can't even escape it no matter where i go his <laughs> like
1: his words like pivot for 2020 it's ugh. like you know hybrid's the word for 2021 stop saying it
0: <laughs> i guess hmm. i love it
1: um well what do you guys what are you guys uh sipping on what are you guys drinking on right now
0: some some real uh, fruity beverage uh pepsi zero sugar mango the 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 real fruit is there any fruit juice Ooh. in this oh mango zero percent pepsi mango pepsi Interesting. That's not sounds mango, way worse Pepsi? than Cherry pep, mango worse Pepsi's, than cher- mango Pepsi's Pepsi. Mango Pepsi is great. Cherry. Mm. Wow.
1: That sounds yep. so weird, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't yeah. sound like as bad as most of the stuff you're drinking, but uh, I'll yeah, take Mango over. It's
0: pretty good. I mean, wow.
2: asterisks.
1: But it's Pepsi Zero Mango. Like So yeah. it's like the zero sugar version.
2: I think the mango cancels out the zero. Just yeah. I just the, pep- the just Pepsi cancels out, out all of it, right? Like, yeah. there's no good to Pepsi for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm good. worried about like aluminum poisoning for you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So many cans. That's a lot of cans. Yeah,
0: there's there's definitely four cans next to me. Yeah. Uh, Which I don't so. think is
2: a real thing, so don't like start emptying out your refrigerators, everybody. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, real quick, did you guys know – so speaking of like zero drinks, I don't know if we've ever talked about this podcast. Did you guys know that there's a difference between Coke Zero and Coke Zero Sugar?
0: Oh, no. What, really? Is uh, so that many I learned sub-brands?
1: My, so I learned this through my, through my friends is that like – so Coke Zero came out, right? And everyone – they're like, look, it's a zero sugar Coke, but it tastes like Coke. And everyone was like, this is disgusting. It doesn't taste like Coke. And so it wasn't really successful. So people absolutely hate it. Well, then they they fixed the formula, but they didn't want to associate with Coke Zero. So they called it Coke Zero Sugar, but everybody still just calls it Coke Zero. Wow. So
2: Wow. That well, we got our sponsor, it, everybody. Right. Yeah. And it's not Pepsi. <laughs> it's not Tesla. I,
1: I thought it was interesting. As someone who doesn't drink soda, I didn't know this was this happening was happening. And by the way, thank you, Dustin, who uh, halfway through my monologue held up a sign that said, who cares?
2: <laughs> just trying to keep you on topic here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What about you, Dustin? What are you drinking? You know what? Oh, no I, one cares.
2: <laughs> I I think they will care. It's a great story. Uh, we're not recording on our normal day because Will canceled because he was receiving his Tesla. No, that so,
1: was, wasn't <laughs> one to cancel.
2: <laughs> Which I get it. I get it. I get it. This is like like privilege problems. I'm drinking a <gasps> Beacon Brew. And it is a cool New can. England Pale Ale. It's a great can and mm, it's done by good. Cabin Brewing Company here in Calgary. And this can was actually for my client a couple weeks ago as a part of a activation for their employees. so the can is like uniquely branded to my client. That is my client right there. I won't share it with the rest of the world. Um, cool. So, yeah. So this was all in their employee brand kits and they got this like really wicked looking can.
0: Man, I love that design. I can? didn't even know that, that story. This I just thought so cool. I was like they should. Someone should run with that design all the time. That's
2: great. It's a great can, and it's a great brewery, Cabin Brewery, for all of my Alberta friends.
1: I was sitting here like, oh, an American beer because, like I said, New England pale ale, and I was like, oh, it's an American beer. and They're like, nope, no, it's Canadian. It's Canadian. That's cool. Like, if, it, I'm just curious. Um, like, what's like that? Do you have any idea how much it costs in order to like do that kind of partnership
2: Cheap. with them? Cheap. I mean, our our breweries here are they're so. They're so into this type of work, and relabeling so, a can is nothing. They didn't they didn't create the brew for them, right? So this is yeah. this is a brew that they have. So labeling the cans is it costs next to nothing, and with volume, it can be free. So yeah, how much
1: hmm. how much volume are we talking about?
2: Uh This was I believe it was about a thousand cans. So it oh, was wow. so that's not yeah. that much. So it I mean, wasn't yeah. yeah it wasn't it, it wasn't that much
1: nine hundred for Dustin and then hundred for the actual attendees.
2: <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> when the client says let's brand some cans, I say yes because there's always leftovers. <laughs>
0: There you go. You
2: might not get a Tesla, but you get some leftover beer. This is this is literally the most exciting thing that's happened to me <laughs> year. In a, year, in a year. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yes. And I have it in two different colors. So as the show goes on, I will break out another color. Great. That's cool. That's how we'll know that's, it's good. I may world. like
1: it. No one can see this because obviously it's an audio podcast, but the can looks really cool.
2: Yeah, it does look really cool.
1: Nice. Uh, well, I'll quickly breeze on by the fact that I'm drinking my normal chai latte with oat
2: milk. That's
1: yeah, right. Cool. Let's go. All right. So, what are we talking about today? um, So, I thought today was an interesting topic that uh, these guys actually came up with. So, um, I'm excited to definitely dive a little bit deeper into it. But, that we, you know, for for everybody's been talking about how, like, what does a future event professional look like? What does a future team of event professionals look like? And I think one of the most common things that you see is that everyone says, hey, yeah, you need to know about technology and you need to be technology centric. Well, um, these guys were kind of starting to talk about, it, but then I kind of pivoted and said, well, no, I think we need to talk about like the holistic w- event professional. What does that look like moving forward? And now that you don't need to know streaming technologies, no, you don't need to be app centric, but more so like the holistic event professional. So I thought this was a really cool topic. So I'll, I I'll mean, toss you might
0: need to mind. know that stuff, but I don't think that's where you start. And I also don't think that like that's the end
2: all be all. I don't think that's going to define you in the future. I don't yeah. think that's what's going to make you hireable. I don't think that's what's going to make you valuable. I think that <clears> that all those things are just just tools in the toolbox that Do you
1: think it's like a baseline? Like it's so ubiquitous now that like everybody has to have yeah. a baseline. Like it's kind of like saying I have Microsoft Word on my newsletter or on my uh, resume newsletter. Um and yeah. is it so it, no duh,
2: right? Yeah. Kind of Don't thing? don't put that on your resume ever. I still see that by the way. Yeah, it's I, not it's I, there not is... important.
0: There's, there's probably new some new core competencies, but I don't think that's that all that exciting. In 2000, I want to say either eight or nine, uh, I was a cater source and the founder of cater source, I may have told this story before, um, Mike Roman, he had a session and uh, it was called uh, The Recession is a Terrible Thing to Waste. And it was, he just celebrated the recession. He said he loved it. He said it was the best he, he had a lot of pain a lot of short-term pain some long-term pain but ultimately he in a position where he was in which is an educator and someone who was moving his industry of catering forward he said that the, this like to waste the recession to waste um opposition to waste an opportunity for growth is the real travesty you know and like it's just a, it's no matter what you can't you, none of us could have done anything to make COVID not happen, right? It happened and there's nothing we can do. It wasn't our fault. But what is in our control is the ability to uh, take the lessons learned from that and also let them stick mm-hmm. and not just say, oh, it's back to the way things were again. You know, let's throw everything off to the side when, when you, you know, without being any kind of like reflectiveness uh, and saying like, w- you know what, what did, what did we learn? Because I think there's a lot of stuff that we learned more than just how to set up a Zoom call
2: totally i agree i think one of the one of the things that i learned that i will take on post covid is who i can depend on and who i can't and i learned who's really in my corner and who is who's ready to fight alongside me and that goes for employees that goes for suppliers that goes for community leaders that goes for you know for for a lot of people and and i think that that everybody had to get through this in their own way but it was really clear who was there to support you and who was there to fight alongside you and those those lessons are going to be important to me that doesn't mean i write off those that 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 didn't it just means that as we as a business start to rebuild there are suppliers in in our world that that stepped up in huge ways that were so either generous to us or so thoughtful with us and it's like those people will have a place in my professional heart for a really long time and it mattered and i'm going to make sure they're taken care of
1: it's really interesting how like crisis and like this stress that ends up happening ends up defining something like I had a really pivotal moment in the bus- my business like in the past where like things went really to the shit like and like a hell in a handbasket and I decided like kind of like to leave um, an, an association I was a part of I won't say any names or anything like that and no uh, it wasn't an events industry association um, and I remember being like I considered a lot of people in there to be friends like people that like i would totally like grab a beer with anytime if they need anything i'd jump on them and it was so interesting to watch all of a sudden how many of them had i haven't even talked to since that i left and it was just like i was like a ghost and then also seeing kind of like the the less friendly relationship also when you were an outsider from them as well and i think sometimes it takes that you have that like massive change for there to be this realization of what that looks like but oh my gosh, so healthy because then I like, yeah, I really learned to to count on way more than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately um, some of the biggest lessons are the fact that, you know, we live and die on our community and uh, none of us really, I don't think anyone really thrived in isolation. And uh, even with increased isolation due to the, the results of um, COVID Um, It just compounded the situation. You know, people were isolated because they were um, trying to, you know, maintain face and to keep up appearances. And that was isolating. People were um, normally used to gatherings that happened at periodic times and that didn't happen. So they were isolated. People had communities that were built around maybe let's say associations where they were hit maybe harder than anyone else. And that lack of their them at full strength was isolating um the people that kind of rose to the occasion that reached across the aisle that were there for even to listen to you even even some of those things that you eventually found kind of annoying uh, i look back now kind of like as a super positive thing of like all those happy hours that were like every friday from every group right you know at a certain point i was like okay this is this is there's a lot of these Um, because so much idle hands, but at the, at the time, I think now more than ever, I think that those kinds of like no business expectation, um, community get togethers, um, were super important. I think for a lot Mm -hmm. of people's mental health, um, some of them more than others, but, um, I think that like, that's another thing that like, we need to get together and, uh, you know, talk without any kind of like buying and selling
2: on the agenda. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I as things have been picking up and I'm here in the beautiful <clears throat> northern neighbor and it's picking up quite a bit slower and we're going to we're going to we're we're a ways behind the states, but we're working on you know, we're working on large-scale events again. They're they're still they're still in the distance, but we're we're starting to work on them. We're starting to bring teams together and you know, every time I just got off a, a Teams call, which I can't even with the Teams, don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> the and there was like nine faces on there that I haven't worked with for a year and a half, and just the amount of gratitude and the and just seeing how happy they are to see a group of people all jamming on an event again. It's just, it's. It, it, it has been quite incredible to reconnect with people and to realize how much we are in each other's lives, even if it's only for, you know, a couple months leading up to an event every year. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really, really nice to, to reconnect. And, and also, I think it, it it's it's taught me that that all of those all of those people and all those connections were actually really really important and i think i might have taken them for granted before when it was just like it's just business as usual and you're just pounding through it and uh and it's it's been a really nice feeling to be able to slowly start to integrate that back in and feel like a feel like a community more now than i think i felt before
1: I think one trait that's important to when it comes to thinking about like the holistic event professional moving forward is the the kind of the obvious one. So that's why I'll just take this one real quick: is resilience, right? And how much that we 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 realize how much time needs to change and things are crazy. And like um, you know, I think that um, as entrepreneurs, the three of us have gone through this in some ways, where we've gone through depths and valleys of our business as we've grown them. But I think that a lot of people who have ha- have had really consistent experiences never had to worry about their paycheck. They're like, "Hey, yeah, I just got my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my job. I'm good to go." I think we all had to learn a little bit of resilience. Like, right, there were so many people I'm, I know for a fact that were like, "Oh, I'm gonna get furloughed. I'll just hang on. Only a couple more months. We'll get there." You know, right. and then now oh, they're man. going, "Oh God, what am I gonna do?" And, I know
0: those people. You know, yeah. I had a lot of friends that like were every every couple weeks their organization was shedding people. And they were like they were telling me they're like, well, this is really terrible for them. And I feel really bad. But I know that I'm a real value to my team. Oh. And, th- and then I was like, oh, no. and oh then, man, then they and you know what? I think that I, I did see a lot of like organizations that were rather large um, do some of the worst jobs at um, uh, managing this um, simply because I think they were too big, um, mm-hmm. too big to, to pivot they thought they were too big to fail um they didn't have the mentality of well hey let's swing for the fences let's let's go nuts let's just try something completely different they just know how to manage things uh in increments and and, um you know and i also saw some other businesses merge and and join other businesses and thrive from uh just you know trying stuff out Mm -hmm. um i really think that like one of the words I would say that I'd put into this mix is creative, uh, creative from a standpoint of like, um, actually, um, determining how to survive, um, like adaption, um, based around a, a real, um, a need to it, not just for, hey, this, this would give us a business advantage. This would I mean, like people when people were like pushed up against the wall, uh, in order to. Have their business exist or not exist like they and the the main way that they did business wasn't available Um, I saw some really like true creativity like when Mm -hmm. I think of true creativity it's it's ones that are steeped in challenges like I I find the most like I've been a a judge of a lot of awards events over the years in the events industry and like I always um, give more credit sort of to the people with budgets um, right. because I understand that and there's lots of different limitations but I understand that limitation and it's um, that's true creativity to be able to make uh, you know something with very little
2: hmm yeah it's a good point I think <clears throat> as an entrepreneur I've had a lot of people over the last <clears throat> 14 months be like oh man that sucks like it must be really hard and I and I have had the same response since the beginning and I say I would rather be in the position I am than an employee right now. That my fate is in someone else's hands. I get to make the decision about what I'm going to do with my business and how I'm going to change it and survive. And and I've got a lot of levers I can pull. Where an employee is sitting there waiting for D day, mm-hmm. and that that to me is my worst fucking nightmare. And that is that has to be the absolute worst feeling. So I've been I I felt really grateful that even though. My business has been stripped down and devastated in so many ways i still feel like i have an element of control there that a lot of people didn't get to have um so i just want to let's can, talk can, ab- I, can yeah. I jump can i jump yeah, on that a little it. bit
1: um I, I i think it like it's such a good point too that like that's also i think a skill that everyone kind of needs to have and I, and I know the words totally overuse that pivot word but i think the idea of the ability for you to make changes quickly and to evolve um is a skill that like we really needed to get from this because mm-hmm. like you know as much as you know we talk about yeah like technology isn't something that everyone needs to know like it was also really great that like how many people like switched and made complete changes to who they were as people and their skill sets and things like that and the, the ability to adapt really really fast and not like I think the idea of always adapting is always, like, kind of overused, but adapting quickly, I think, mm-hmm. can make you really, really successful. And, like, I love love it, Dustin, when you said, like, yeah, that's one reason why you started a business is, like, to have that control to make the changes you need to make. And I'm, like, kind of the same way. Like, I don't want to be stuck not being able to adapt and, you know, change and try mm-hmm. to go a different way or evolve what I
0: want. I went the other do. way, though. So, like, for me, I last year i actually didn't have a bad year economically like not too bad you know not as good as some but well not, you get paid by this podcast so really that, like, yeah we don't, we don't actually no have to work we could basically
2: yeah. just live off this podcast this is
0: definitely the the biggest foolish. profit center for me for sure uh <laughs> my mic is duct taped to something right now <laughs> <laughs> so you all know is it yeah. still duct taped to the phone holder yeah I yeah <laughs> that's uh so that's how much money you're making uh Cool. Uh, yeah. So like for me, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I I, felt really like I felt like everybody I knew was had it harder than me because they had uh, at least my friends. Uh, like They had staff uh, and they had uh, stuff and I didn't have either you know, as a consultant. You know, like I'm pretty lean. I can just kind of very easily float like, you know, around. Uh, and especially because a lot of what I have been doing over the last few years has been consulting with uh technology companies and events and try to bridge those gaps. So um, for me, like I, I ended up doing like a string of like go to markets for a bunch of event companies and I was like, yeah, some of these will make it. Some of these won't I'll do my best, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, as a consultant, you really do think that you're like, of course. Uh, you, you can't control everything. Like I can be like, I can tell you, but like I also like my gut says you don't got what it takes. So there's that and I can't do can't tell you that and I don't know how to do that. Uh, at at, at that high level right but that's you know maybe that's just me not you know seeing it Um, but ultimately what I found like last year that I was missing maybe from what I normally have which was being on the road every uh, I don't know uh, half of the maybe a third of the month uh, and connecting with my friends who are in events uh, and working with them because keep in mind the work I do isn't about like I don't I don't set tables or I'm not necessarily at the events. Like I, I, mix it up with the event professionals talking about events more than I, I work on the physical events anymore. Um, so my connectivity around and my, my feeling of being in the events industry was just not there. You know, I was just a marketing consultant. Um, and what I found, uh, was I was really missing like the connectivity of working on something, uh, or working with people every day. And, um, one of the things that I got out of last year of like of going from an advisor and consultant to coming onto a team full time was I get to talk to the same people every day and we get to work together on something and then we actually build something and um, I, I don't know I just found out last year that like I missed that like I didn't really it was that that bit more of isolation got me to the point where I'm like I'm not really building anything I'm just kind of like putting my finger in mm-hmm. holes and it just felt like. Uh, I was losing it, you know, and uh, I, I'm really happy now in a position where I'm working a lot more and it's, you know, there's a bit of stress with with it. But it's, it's like good stress. You know, it's not stress of um, I mean, it's constantly surrounded by people who are, are just as enthusiastic as me and just as passionate, um, you know, and we're taking on a lot because, you know, we're we want to. And that kind of feeling is great. Cause before I just did my bit and I just, you know, handed it in and I went on to the next thing with no connectivity to anything.
2: Can you think of another industry that has had so many of its people <clears throat> thrown into technology the way the event industry has been. Can you think mm-hmm. of any other industry that has had to step up their game yeah. and, and what they've learned as much as we have had yeah. and I can't think of anybody else that where One. where it's like every single level of our industry has had to learn more and had to had to come to the table with new tools and you have to believe that is going to be an incredible strength of our industry as we move forward because we now understand how to use technology very differently and whether you can whether you can physically do it or you just understand it or you know how to hire the right people I don't even know that when you look at marketing and PR our biggest competitors if they spent as much time in the technology and in the learning as we did. And I don't know what sparked me in that, but I actually think that we get to come out of this so much stronger and probably, probably positioning event profs in general as a more, a more valuable asset.
0: I mean, I I do agree that at the end of this, I think that we're going to be taken seriously much more because we're going to have more tools. uh, We're going to have more cross training uh, we're going to be able to see problems in with uh, with different solutions as opposed to the solution that we've used every <laughs> single day. You know, it's like I what, love
2: that solution, though. Yeah. Oh, you've got it.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you need. Uh, I I knew some decor people that were like that that would shift every conversation like into the like Edges. the five or six pieces that they owned. Totally. You know, Edges. and you were like, totally. Oh, oh, I, I see what you're saying. So it's this. It's a Gatsby theme, huh? Well, right. what about? mason jars and you're like okay and then you just sit back and you're like (laughs) green hedges i want to see yeah exactly i want to see you make this jump right but they stretched it so hard so they could sell the same five things uh these are the most two trite things i could think of that didn't match uh but I, i i mean i've been on the other side of another industry that did it but it wasn't i don't know it was very different like when i uh when I was in high school, I was uh, building websites, and it was like I was this hired gun to do just that part. And the people that were in the marketing companies that I that I you know had to come in contact with, um, they knew how to write copy, you know, snappy copy. Like their their like skill set as marketers was like coming up with cute alliterations uh, and and titles that made you you know uh, you know you know it stick in your head and jingles like so much jingles and kern and bleeding and and things like that and that's what a marketer was that that's what the apex marketer was really good at uh and then I, over the years i saw that become like the the people that push back against the technology and those people are gone 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 like imagine a cmo who's like my main thing is is if you i listen to what you say and then i come up with a jingle you Ooh, know I love like love it yeah, like I mean, actually, it. I wish that was a thing now more. Uh, come try but, <laughs> Expo. Come try Expo. It's the oh wait, no, it rhymes with too many things that are. So um, yeah, um, I, I did see that, and I could tell you that like marketers are looked at very differently now. They're looked at much more competently. They're not like the ad men of like cigarette smoking, like blue haired creative weirdos that like say like you need to say got milk you know, sex sells guys Sex sells yeah. just in the yeah just in a room you know just making
2: up i love stuff. i want to live in that era i that I know. is where i belong i, I think yeah. i'm trapped in this world right now i want to go back to that
1: you're born in the wrong generation <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. um that I, sounds amazing i, I got another
2: potential no roi required right <laughs> Dude, who like, fucking cares about roi it's right overrated. there was no there was none then right it was oh just my like god
0: i got a good feeling about this guy yeah you're hired you know and like now it's oh, like I love it. well, let me look at the spreadsheet and determine where let our growth rates his, are
1: but yeah his per- personality trait profile hey, this guy's um. funny you're hired <laughs> <laughs> like
2: with sorry with the handgun with yeah the, totally like pew pew yeah. handgun love it <laughs>
1: um i got another skill that event professionals might need now post-pandemic hmm. feel holistic i think like therapist I was, I, mm.
0: <laughs> got, got one
1: <laughs> that's an asset rather than a skill potentially but um, got one last I year some like nick brought this up at this point that like there were so many people that had staff and had things um but and it made me kind of think about like minimalism and think about like how you know not like necessarily not owning a lot of stuff is as necessarily what everyone needs or everyone goes digital nomad or something like that but just this idea that you're a little bit more light on your feet because you aren't held down by the things that you have right um i think i hope to god that anyone listening to this podcast isn't actually had to become a minimalist because they had to like sell their tv yeah, of and course. all those things like that yeah, of
2: course there's some that have
1: um yes. but but i think the, the the skills that you get from that, that piece potentially can be what also allows people to be to be a little bit more open what really matters and almost like I'm almost thinking you can parallel this to, like, minimalism uh, event design, too. It's just this idea of, like, focusing on the things that really matter rather than spending all your money on, you know, flashy lights. And this is coming from a guy who sells flashy yeah, lights. That happened in the
0: you don't recession, need lights. too, though. You don't need lights. That happened in the recession, though. Like, the, the designs that, that, that came out in events that, that took place immediately following that, and in the midst of that there was a lot of minimalism in design because what happened was especially at like holiday parties that I saw like very specifically where people saying I mean you have a different you know experience in the holiday party than I, I do Dustin uh, you guys do it big but like we had people that were saying like well we don't want to make the appearance of this so grand because um, you know uh, Janet and Tim aren't here anymore and we don't want someone to say boy if we didn't have caviar. We could have had Janet and Tim here with us. Mm-hmm. So, so like, the, that stuff was like very. And then uh, I remember the pharmaceutical yeah. industry when there was laws put on that. Like they're the same kind of like, uh, we better downplay the extravagance. Where before that, it was just about the extravagance. So they yeah. were trying to like,
2: I'm like, in oil, I'm in an oil and gas town, right? So when things are good, they spend like you wouldn't believe. It's beautiful. Oh my god! Like the crew gets fucking caviar. It's amazing. And when things are bad, optics are really, really important and that, and that what you just said isn't, is, is what it's all about, right? Where they, when there's layoffs and they watch their colleagues leave and they don't want somebody eating a canapé feeling guilty that that canapé represented (laughs) an extra two hours of somebody's career. I mean, when you multiply the canopies by, you know,
0: a uh, thousand people, you know, it, it adds up, when right? When you multiply
2: it by 2.3 per person.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now the, the new marketer just came in. Let's get the old marketer in here. Ah, check, buy, check buy th- seven canopies and three scotches.
2: <laughs> That's it. Now, Tell
0: seven them. scotches, three canopies. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. Go get them, kid. Yeah, uh, I think that, like, the ROI thing is going to be way more, you know, explicit, unfortunately. or Not I, not unfortunately, but, you know. For,
2: it's, it, good it is, it's, it's good for it's us. It's good for us. It's so is. good for
0: us. The marketers are legitimate now. That's my point, is that, that as a field post, you know, 2010, 2008, where it, there is so much more data backing up every decision. 100%. No, a marketer walks in the room and says, look, this is what we're doing no one's like, well, that person's a good guesser. Like that's it, that, that person's skill set is they read spreadsheets well. And that means put that, that on your resume. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a science now than it's ever been. and And events have never been considered a science. They've always been considered an art at best.
2: Yeah. Well, how do you like how do you properly measure the feeling? How do you properly measure emotion? Right. So it's like it 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 does make sense. And this this, I think, is the first time we've been thrust into a world where we can really measure for the first time an entire audience's experience and and do it in a way that spits out on a spreadsheet. And that's been I think that's been really great for us. And now we get to go back to a world where we that's a lot more challenging. That's a lot more challenging to figure out. We were talking about on our may not have been published yet episode about how you don't really get to measure connections when they're live, but you can track connections when they're virtual.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people had um, a lot of uh, cost per uh, uh, barriers when it came to things like be- uh, beacons and RFID. Meanwhile, we just had a year of apps where that
2: stuff's kind beacons, of a given. Beacons and RFID. I, that's, well, why it's
1: just, that's why it's going to be tough. Yeah. Like going back to, to everything. But I think I'm wondering too, like if it's, if this, if the pandemic has also made us more analytical and da- data oriented rather than an emotional and I hope it has. feeling based um, across the board, and that's a big part of like not only in addition to us treating our events, but also like how people actually treat their businesses. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's no like I think so many people went a whole year without attending a conference where that was where they met new customers, mm-hmm. or that they built relationships with customers. They had to do everything digitally, and they're like, oh wow, so maybe this digital marketing thing isn't so bad and like uh,
0: yeah I'm terrified as someone who's been
1: to digital marketing the events and crushing it for so long like oh god now like what's the next big thing that I have to worry about
0: I think that that's where the marketers of old um, were were pushing back against the new marketing uh, and that is they thought it was an opposition as opposed to a potential in concert and right. and that's that's where we all need to get on board with the fact that we're not trying to show the worth of face-to-face against virtual uh we're trying to show uh the best way to create experiences um that with all the tools that we have that are multi-platform if need be like we we just have new tools now they're not there there isn't any competition if if there is and i got like quoted in uh, an article where i was saying like i hope uh good virtual events crush Uh, Bad uh, face-to-face events love it, and I hope that um, Really good face-to-face events make the the terrible virtual events that are happening go away as well I want there to be the right fit for things because there's more opportunities to have uh, fits as opposed to one-size-fits-all which was never going to really sustainably work and now we have the opportunity Mm. to create larger communities uh with more uh as we've talked about more potential accessibility um and the the net result should be good for um everyone everyone
2: Um, yeah i agree
1: everyone i i I got a 180 for us and i was thinking of all the things that are important now moving forward but um I'm thinking about like the future of M Professional and how the pandemic has changed also everybody in terms of work life balance as well. Oh, and yes. like you know, like pre pandemic people were like, Oh yeah, like I'm just gonna work myself to the ground for three months to plan this event and then I'm gonna take a two week vacation and be done and I'm good to go. But they didn't realize, like now you do that with a virtual event, you come back, you've been home this entire time. You don't really have a place to escape to <laughs> in that you know, now everyone's going to call you on your cell because you don't have an office phone that you can ignore, right? Like, kind of all this all this remote stuff that we've been talking about for years and years and years um, is starting to really catch up with people. And I think that, like, coming out of this now, people understanding that you have to create those barriers and the boundaries and the systems in place mm-hmm. to give yourself the freedom that you want, whether you're at home or not. Like, it's I the think same, that's also... It's
2: the same issue that's existed, I think, for, for a long time. Right, we're we're one of the only industries, and and this is not the entire industry, but there's certain segments of the industry. The wedding wedding industry is, I think, the worst culprit of having to be on twenty four seven. You do consultations whenever whenever the client says that you do, so you spend your nights doing that. And and I think that that to your point, I think that there there are some things that I hope that event professionals experience through this that actually added to their life and maybe it wasn't working 12 hours a day, every single day, maybe it wasn't being on call constantly, maybe it was actually going an entire evening without being bothered or checking your email because unfortunately there was nothing there, but fortunately you got to divert that energy into something else and and I I truly hope that we all leave this and set some boundaries on what it is that, that we want for ourselves and that we don't, this this whole 24-hour operation always accessible i think it i think i think it's time for that to end and i think that when you when you look at other industries no, no fucking industry works that way nobody works the way that we do nobody is gives people as much excessive access as we give them and and you know one of the things that i'm taking away from this in a big way is like i'm not i'm not gonna do it the way I did it before. I'm going to go back with better balance. I'm still going to work hard because this industry, you got to work hard. That's 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 never going to change, but I'm not going to give my life to this. I'm going to block out times in our calendar where we just don't work and it doesn't matter what comes our way. It's a time for us to reconnect, for us to take vacations. Last summer was the first summer that I had the easiest, summer if it wasn't for like the stresses of being a business owner through COVID and not knowing what the future looks like. When I take that aside, I go, I had a great summer. I got to go camping. I got to go and do things that were not industry conferences and were not this sort of on on on. And I got to enjoy it. And I and I I I suspect and through conversations with so many of my colleagues, a lot of my colleagues have had the same experience where they've got to enjoy life a little bit even under restrictions and lockdowns and all the rest of it and i hope Mm -hmm. we continue to do that and i hope we come back and create some boundaries that allow us to have a better life outside of this craziness that we put ourselves into
0: one other thing i thought about um is the fact that it's it's actually we went through something that's bigger than the events industry um in that you know globally our community or our, our entire world Uh, went through this period of isolation um, and it actually puts us in the events industry in this probably even more important role of the people who bring people together and um, now that the world has experienced what it feels like to be like maximum isolated um, I think that we might be able to renew our sense of purpose uh, against you know, the worst of it, right? So like, mm-hmm. we, we are the gathering people, we are the, the people who celebrate. Uh, if, we, if we really focus on that and lean into that, we might be able to, um, you know, that brain drain that we think that may have existed, we might be able to like fight that. And we also might be able to get that position of legitimacy and get that work-life balance that we all want because we recognize first in ourselves that we're important and mm-hmm. that the world needs us and without us being able to do what we do uh, there's a big hole mm-hmm.
2: for the first time in my <clears throat> my my entire career has been in this industry and for 30 plus years now uh no wait hang on how long have i been working hundred i'd say you beat like, me 30, 30 years how, how old is canada hang on wait a minute no just kidding uh <laughs> pre, pre-conversation uh, for the first time that I worked in this industry, I tell people what I do, and they don't say that sounds like fun. They say, "Oh man, that must suck. Like that's got to be really hard for you." And I think that's interesting. Oh, you're right. And I think that's interesting because that's the first time every single person responds the same way. It's like, "Oh my god, that sounds like so much fun." And now people are like, "Man, that must really suck. Like that, your industry that, must be yeah, really yeah. hurting." And I think yeah. I think there's something in that. And I think there's something in that <laughs> that is like, for the first time ever, I think that that the layman, attendee, future attendee, past attendee, somebody that goes to events is now looking at our industry being like, oh, shit, man, like, you guys got shut down hard. And and that, I think, is going to come out to be a positive thing. And I think that that those that maybe didn't recognize that this was a real, that this is a real industry with real people working their asses off to do amazing things are now seeing it as like, oh, shit, like." you got shut down hard. You guys got it dirty. And that, I think there's, I think there's something cool about that.
1: I never thought about that. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think about every time that I've told someone they to say, like, what do you do for a living? I'm, like, oh, I'm in the events industry and I'm always ready for like a really quick, like, mm-hmm. but you know, like we're really still busy. Yeah. And yeah.
2: yeah. And so but that. we're like, but we're not, we're like a, like a big business. We're like a real business. I just bought we're a, like Tesla. a real, real company. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Peloton. I got a Tesla. My school was paid for. Don't worry about me. I'm in the other events <laughs> industry.
1: I, did I say my I school got paid for? No.
2: Yeah, go back for, in the episodes. Still, I've been taking notes. I'm not kidding.
1: Still, still in debt from school. So um, Tesla before no.
2: your student loans are paid off, Susie Orman would not be happy dude. with this.
1: Uh, dude, YOLO. Um, so, <laughs> Yolo. <laughs> this is not a financial advice <laughs> podcast. Um, I, I think that's such an important thing, though. Like, like, like you said, it's oh, like I'm trying to think about it too. That like. You know, almost in the same way that like after traumatic events that we started, like ha- I'm thinking about like, you know, like uh, it, we had the Iraqi war and we were essentially like kind of a little bit of piece of, of seeing this all happen. I remember after kind of that started unfolding, I started saying to, to people that served in the army, I started saying like, thank you for your service, you know, and why would I start saying that then? Versus when I had a granddad was in the army that I literally could have had that same feeling before then And I think it was like kind of the moment that that started happening that we start realizing and I'm wondering not at all like the events industry goes into war in any sort of fashion But I'm wondering if that's that same kind of feeling that people are going to embed What happened to our industry in their brains and start to realize like you said like that oh that's that sucks uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine all the stuff you go through like if I think about like airline pilots like just how stressful that job must be I'm like you know, I have that level of respect. I'm wondering if that cultural level of respect might end up coming. Not at all in the same level. I'm not saying that at any same level we're with people yeah. in the military. We no, are no, well I, below the military on that stressful list, by the way. <laughs> I,
2: I, I get your point and I think that I do think you're right. I think that those that really appreciate events have like they've missed them. And I think that there there is there is an appreciation there and and I think that you know we we talked about this last year about the the empty table events and about the you know the sort of like bringing awareness to our industry and and I think and I think we were probably critical about it whether we were on air or off air and I don't know that those necessarily moved the needle but I think the needle moved on its own and I think people did miss live experience and I do think that when you know in the, the the conversations that I have, there's there's a newfound there is a newfound respect, and that this whole like oh man, that must be really tough for you is almost always followed up with some sort of a, like I really miss going to this, I really miss going to that, like I can't wait till I can do this again. And that's the first time ever, ever, ever in my career that it hasn't been oh my god, that must be so much fun. And I am like that's that that needle got moved a little tiny bit, and that's got to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe that's a campaign that we can, you know, look at as we have looked at Meetings Mean Business and Global Meetings Industry Day. I think that there, there needs to be a reminder out there uh, that, uh, of the absence of it and then showing the, the, the arc, right? You know, so totally. y- you took us for granted we know, not that this is anyone's fault, right? You know. No, uh, that's what that was but, our job. That yeah, you we took were, us for like, granted. If you didn't see us, that's because we were doing our job, yes, right? Yes, you what had we were fun, doing. but we were there, right? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you didn't have us, and you knew that, and and that's yeah. kind of where we're at. So let's that, ride that wave. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I don't know. I think uh, at the very least, we can do that amongst each other. You know, like totally. We can, we can look at people across. You know, we do work with and give them a little bit of grace. Uh, more than you know, maybe we did in the past when we relied on people without um, any kind of uh, understanding of maybe some of the specific pains that they went through or maybe some of the broad pains that you know many of us went through. Um, maybe that's maybe that's one of the biggest things that we can come away with is. Um, the fact that as a community, we've had our, you know, uh, the event industry's war. Let's say we've had the biggest we've had the biggest thing we are going to face yeah. as, a, as our a, gener
2: yeah. our generation or this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we've all been through that. You know, if you were there before uh, and you're coming out on the other side of it, you know, we have a shared experience and that shared experience will uh, hopefully uh, give us um, a, a more respect uh, and, uh, and maybe, uh, hopefully a little bit more latitude, you know, when things are, you know, a little bit more, there's a little bit of friction.
2: Totally. The next time there's a lineup at registration and somebody complains, you say, listen, you remember when you didn't have this, you shut your mouth and appreciate it. <laughs> Second thought is every time you say meetings mean business, Nick, I want you to use your little handgun. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 I got a pin over here with the, it says that somewhere, so I <laughs> look meaning, at that. Business, Psh, business. Is
1: is there any other traits that you all are thinking about that uh, when it comes to the holistic event professional moving forward? Um, I, I would say, oh yeah, yeah, no, no you said it for himself. I was I was yeah. gonna say for I would love to hear from the audience if you think that there's anything that we miss that you think uh, how event professionals are gonna evolve. You always shoot us an email, EventBrew at helloendless.com, um, and we'd love to hear back from you or tag us on social media what you think the, the big skill is that uh that pressure relief away from just they know technology. more about technology. <laughs> Don't say technology.
2: There's so yeah. much more we learned. There's so much more that we learned. And I think that that those of you that are listening to this that hire event professionals there's so much more that we learn that we haven't even discovered yet and that is the great thing about what we're going to go through over the next year is there's lessons that are learned that they haven't surfaced yet they're still in there we still we've we've absorbed so much as a community and as a group of professionals and those lessons are only going to come out in great ways and and the 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 future is bright and i think there's a lot of great opportunity and this is like this is totally sucked. And it's so, I don't know about you guys, but it feels so good to have a conversation that feels like it's on the back end of this shit. And that feels like, because it really does. Like we're starting to use it in a past tense, right? Where it's like. There were some
0: hopeless points in some of the episodes where we talked, where we're just like very, there was, there was a little bit of nihilism (laughs) that I could hear. It's like, ah yeah. Events. Remember events.
2: Remember when events were cool.
0: Yeah. We we were definitely just, you know, in the moment blowing off steam. Uh, And uh, I think that that those kinds of like people having those kinds of communities where you could commiserate, um, you know, like, uh, ourselves having this and, and people having their totally. local, like uh, the local groups that I, I see crop up online. Uh, like, I just think that like moving forward, we need to figure out ways to, to be more than, uh, a B2B exchange and more of a tight knit, uh, we got each other's backs, uh, community. I
1: love it. I love it. Well, Nick, Dustin as always thank you so much for what a pleasure hanging out with you conversation um, i only felt like i got slightly ber- berated today and made fun of you didn't um, make
0: you didn't mention milk that's why I that's the secret it.
2: i don't I, know that the milk would have overcome the tesla thing i think that <laughs> i think just the guy zooming
0: around arizona drinking
2: milk in a tesla <laughs> yeah do you drink milk and did you get like the the milk white leather
0: oh that's a thing <laughs>
2: you did yeah, didn't yeah, you yeah, I got, do you have the video through. game yeah, thing yeah. in the middle though Can no that's the model s I'm so not, the next question cool. is have you ever actually driven this car
1: yeah yeah yeah. no it does i it does drive my me when i'm on freeways right now but um uh, no i do great i do drive i do drive i, I feel, those who don't know i love cars I know the fact that someone didn't own a car for like four years, but um, I really enjoy cars. And when I got the car, it made me go, "Oh my god, why the hell did I ever get rid of my car? This is just so—it's so much fun just to like cruise around, listen to music, like great chance to like kind of get that exploring on the outside too."
2: So you're telling people on the virtues of having a car. What has happened to this episode? It's goddamn. I prefer the stories when you were longboarding out of your parkade and you fell on oh, your face right. yeah when this like, when this podcast
0: started you were with, you were a um, man a of the people okay. started we, at the bottom you were i mean <laughs> pre-pandemic you were very approachable i know <laughs> and now Looks it's like, like we're gonna
1: like, have to get will off of this podcast i know <laughs>
2: yeah
1: uh, uh, well that, we knew you were we're gonna take this one before the wheels fall off of it um, i think
2: the wheels i think the wheels on this tesla have left the building
1: they have left the building wheels on the bus go round and round all right well thank you all for tuning in on in we will just end this while we're off topic so thank, you, everybody for tuning. Hard, thank you hard hard end Dustin. today no goodbyes <laughs> and uh we'll see you all next time on the event brew
2: event brew event bye come to event brew oh, the, oh, we need those jingles i know i'm terrible at jingles
0: thanks again for listening to event Brew be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.